Welcome to Culture Wire. I'm your host, Meg Schiffler. We're here at the Arts Commission Gallery where immediate future, the 2009 Murphy and Cadigan Fellowships in the Fine Arts Exhibition is on view. This show provides a glimpse at what's being produced by some of the area's most promising artists who are in their final year of graduate studies. This is your chance to see what these up-and-coming artists have been developing in their MFA studios. So I hope you'll stop by and check it out. On this episode of Culture Wire, we're hitting the streets to discover the wonders of the Tenderloin. And we'll also take a closer look at the new program that engages San Francisco artists in helping transform neighborhoods that have been hard hit by the economic downturn. As you walk through, you can sort of have a sense and a feel of the different um, character that exists in each neighborhood, and I think they'll be very evident through the artwork that was selected. With its high rates of homelessness, poverty, crime, and substance abuse, San Francisco's Tenderloin is a neighborhood with many social challenges. However, despite the negative stereotypes, the Tenderloin is home to a rich and vibrant community that includes many children, immigrants, seniors, and artists. Mixed among the SRO hotels and the human service organizations, you'll find San Francisco's theater district and see a ton of art students shuffling between galleries and classes. Internationally recognized curator Lance Fung came up with the idea of mounting an exhibition in the streets of his own community while teaching graduate students about art and social engagement. With the help of neighborhood activists and artists, Lance has created a month-long public art event that transforms the Tenderloin into a wonderland. October brought a rich harvest of art events to San Francisco, starting with the open studios that took place every weekend, where San Francisco artists invited the public into their workspaces, and culminating on October 23rd with the Art in Storefronts project, sandwiched in between was the Wonderland project, an exhibition that took place in the Tenderloin. And joining me to talk about the Wonderland project is Elaine Zamora, the executive director of the North of Market Tenderloin Benefit District. Hi, Elaine. Hi. I wanted to know for our viewers, what is it that um, invited you to get involved with uh, the Wonderland exhibition? Well, the North of Mark Tenderloin Community Benefit District is a property assessment district, and we do several things. We do cleaning in the neighborhood. We also do beautification projects and safety projects. So we're looking at art as being both a form of beautification for the neighborhood, but also a way of bringing people to a place where they're more comfortable uh, on the outdoors by being able to view things on the outdoor. So when Wonderland uh, was introduced to the neighborhood, there was a little skepticism because we weren't sure if it was going to be art that was just sort of brought in and sort of dumped on the neighborhood. But we soon found out that uh, the curator, Lance Fung, was more interested in getting as much neighborhood participation as possible. So that made it attractive to us. We're standing in, across the street from the Golden Gate Theater, uh, one of the great commercial theaters of San Francisco, and in front of a building that up until a few days ago, had a very different kind of facade on it. Yes, it did. What, what did this place look like before? This was just a boarded up, um, pretty shabby looking, blighted piece of property. 
and the owner was kind enough to let uh, the artist come in and create a mural of their own uh, choosing. So it transformed itself into perhaps a controversial piece of art, but something much, much more pleasant to look at than the blighted, boarded up building. I would say so. Yes. Now I know that you've also, uh, the, the, uh, your organization has also been behind creating a number of murals that have been funded through the Community uh, Challenge Grant Program? Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, on the corner of Jones and Golden Gate, right up the street, there's a mural being done by Mona Carone. It's a wraparound mural that goes around the building. And she spent probably three or four, maybe five months with the neighborhood talking to individuals, groups, um, to get as much information as she could on the neighborhood and she's incorporated all of that including individuals from the neighborhood into that mural so it's quite it's quite impressive quite impressive joining me now is the curator of Wonderland Lance Fung so Lance welcome to San Francisco thank you and talk to me about your inspiration in uh, launching this exhibition well I just finished doing a big project in Santa Fe and I was teaching a graduate course at one of the art schools here, a master level class. And I thought I would, rather than just going in and critiquing their work in their studio and their practices and whatnot, it'd be great to create an exhibition um, of the student work so they actually have something to put on their resume and they have practical experience. Now I know that when we met in, at the Arts Commission and you talked to me about the Wonderland exhibit, one of the things that I got excited about um, is that this focus and concentration of so many different artists and art events during this period from October 17th to November 15th in the Tenderloin really reinforced sort of the mayor's vision for helping to promote the Tenderloin as a potential art district. And so we really got behind this and we are so pleased with the way that you were out of, with no budget. You know, no budget, right? And, and still no budget. <laughs> uh, you pulled together how many artists? Oh, there are seven, eight artists um, who have created the 16 very ambitious public works of art and performances, um, which then incorporated another 300 artists and performers from within the Tenderloin. And from that 78, of course, there were artists that live and work in the ten Tenderloin as well. But we're looking at almost 500 people putting together this temporary ephemeral art event, um, as you mentioned, up for a month, all volunteering their time their materials, their labor, um, and their vision. Patricia, you're an actress and dancer from Rio de Janeiro. Yes. And here you are performing at the Tenderloin exhibition, The Wonderland. How is it that you got involved with this project? Well, uh, Regina Miranda and I, we were doing a research about journeys and crossing borders. So we were thinking about it when we received the invitation of Wonderland, and then we came to Tenderloin. We started to look at the community, the project, and then we discovered the homeless issues. It's something very important here. And we started to think about um, the last border, you know, when you don't have a home, where to go, and especially the situation of the women on the streets. So it's something about that. And the title of your performance is Personal Geographies. So how does, ge how does Personal Geographies and that title sort of work its way into the theme of, of what you're doing? Yeah, it's something that talks about uh, your pathway through life, spaces and places that you go, 
and it has a personal, emotional meaning, and also geographical. So um, we did many interviews with many uh, people here, and we saw that they start in some place and end in another. So it's, it has a kind of a pathway through life, a journey, you know. And your 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 participation in Wonderland is a little bit unique because it's a site-specific performance on the day of the opening on, on October 17th and it actually will take place through the streets of the Tenderloin. Yeah, Regina is a wonderful choreographer and she has a um, huge experience and research in many fields of art so we think that this is the last frontier the frontiers between you and me um, countries, people and I think the, to do the performances on streets, especially this one, personal geographies, is the best place to do. The only one, you know, to go deeper, to try to get into the, the issue and touch people and change, you know. And the performance is interactive a little bit? Yeah, as all the performances, they have this um, proposal of put the... the the audience inside the game. Your body is in the game. <laughs> so it's something that can happen. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Very like audience that. participation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and we are going to to deal. It's something unknown. That's the beauty of art. Also, we never know what's gonna happen. Could you put yourself in my place for one minute? No. The police force only solves 10% of all murders. It can go to unknown places and that's the beauty of art and life. And we are in this border also, art and life, all the time. Oh, well, we've been working on this project for probably about a year now. And we've been doing workshops with the children here in the Tenderloin community. And those workshops have been drawing based. And we've asked them to, to draw based on the idea of a house that moves or a home away from home or primarily a house that moves. And the level of imagination and, and just, you know, originality that has come out of these young children, probably 8 to 10 years old, is just unbelievable. We've got probably 150 drawings, give or take, that we took and then we made sort of a composite, if you will. What I love about this project also is that it's it's actually on PUC property, yeah. uh, anchoring sort of the civic, you know, one of the corners of the civic center, That's right. where you've got sculptures by Henry Moore and George Rickey, and here we have a fabulous sort of imaginative, you know, response from uh, the kids from the Tenderloin. That I think for San Francisco continues that whole tradition. I mean, we've got the Oldenburgs down, you know, downtown on the Embarcadero. I mean, it's like there's all this sort of mixture of art elements that I think feed into it, and I think that with the Tenderloin kids being raised in San Francisco. They've seen the George Rickies, they've seen the Klaus Holdenbergs, they've seen the Sarahs, so their information is already there, and all you gotta do is give them a spark. You gotta give them a, a, an outlet for it, and it's amazing the results you see. Well, listen, uh, I know that the website, uh, the Wonderland website, will have lots more information about all of the members of your team. Absolutely. And I wanna thank you, John, for being part of this interview on Culture Wire. Thank you, Luis, for stopping by. 43% of all trafficked women entering California come through San Francisco. And Jonathan Fung, you are part of a collective 
that have created this uh, installation called Down a Rabbit Hole. Could you talk to me a little bit about how your installation relates to this issue of human trafficking? Sure. We wanted to bring awareness and expose human trafficking here in San Francisco, especially the Tenderloin because it's so prevalent. And so because I'm an activist and I would say even a, a modern-day abolitionist, um, this was a perfect venue to be a part of, to create a space, a uh, living environment, working environment of a young girl um, that's held hostage to um, perform um, sexual acts against her will to be a part of the sex trade industry um, known as human trafficking. Uh, could you talk to me a little bit about the installation? Sure. Uh, the installation um, really, I think, plays on the viewer's emotions because we're using a lot of different uh, types of medium. One of the sort of haunting parts of your installation is this crib with the image of, of a child, you know, on a swing uh, on their and could you elaborate on that a little bit? Sure. As, as a filmmaker, I was really thinking about how can we use video? How can we use video installation to be symbolic of, of what this installation is about? I was thinking, what would the opposite of a girl in this situation be like? And um, trying to capture her innocence, her childhood, um, swinging on the swings, playing um, on the merry-go-round, going across the monkey bars, uh, and, and never showing her face. Uh, we didn't want to show her face. We wanted this to be open to any ethnicity, you know, any, any, any type of person could be um, in this situation. Jonathan, thank you so much for explaining down the rabbit hole for us. You're welcome. Thank you. Did she ever come back? Did she? No. Turk and Hyde has a lot of significance in that it is the original place, original space that the Black Hawk Jazz Club stood all the way up until 1964. And it was the musician's place to go, the artist's place to go. It's where everybody hung out. You know, after they've done their gig in Russian Hill and, and you know, Knob Hill, they, they'd come to the Black Hawk to hang out. And that club has served as kind of an inspiration for the theater performance that, that you are doing for the Wonderland. Right. Night at the Black Hawk is something I thought of because I, I, I imagined the, na the, gla the jazz club, the lights going, it's late, and there's a lot of stuff that happens around a club, as we all know. I mean, it's not just what happens inside the club. There's people in their windows. There's people who come to the club every day. There's, there's waitresses. There's waiters. There's the owners. There's a lot of activity that, 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 that takes place within the vicinity of something like that. San Francisco Recovery Theater actually draws on sort of the life experiences of the troop members, correct? That's true. How do they do that? Well, I mean, one of the, the, the principles here is that everybody has a message and everybody has something to give. Um, it's very difficult. I try to marry people who've never been on the stage before with seasoned actors. A lot of actors haven't had the life experience, you know, that, that to emote where we're going. But some people who haven't been on stage have. You know, one of the things that I get uh, impressed with the North of Market Tenderloin Business uh, District organization is that they give a lot of room and space and embrace the arts. Uh, they also 
provide some performance space for your organization, don't they? Oh yeah, we have a we have a working relationship, as our bill says, in collaboration with the North Market uh, Tenderloin Benefit Community Benefits uh, uh, Group. It they have embraced what the totality, or you know, in a whole you know whole con concept uh, of of cleaning up. Primarily, it was designed just to to clean up the streets and make sure everything was, was clear, add you know services to the neighborhood. But it became very clear that there was a lot more that needed to be involved in that change and it was cultural. You know, this this truly is an art center. This is a there's a renaissance happening right here. And as community members, you know, residents and and merchants see this change taking place. They want to be a part of it. Nobody wants to be left behind. The Tenderloin is a community that has many challenges that precede this exhibition and, of course, will continue to exist after it's gone on November 15th. Nevertheless, we're seeing through the work of all of these artists how a community can kind of pull together and find some inspiration through the arts. You can learn more about this exhibition at wonderlandshow.org. There you'll find a map of all 14 projects that are adding some color to an already colorful neighborhood. Last month, Mayor Newsom, the Arts Commission, and the Office of Economic and Workforce Development kicked off Art in Storefronts, a new pilot program that engages San Francisco-based artists in reinvigorating some of the city's streetscapes. Organized in partnership with neighborhood-based economic development organizations and triple-based gallery, Art in Storefronts taps into the incredible creativity of the city's artist community to help improve the quality of life and the business climate in four neighborhoods, the Tenderloin, Central Market, Bayview, and the Mission's 24th Street. At the launch party on October 23rd, Mayor Newsom unveiled the first 13 projects located on Taylor and Market Streets. Culture Wire was there to capture the celebration and to get a closer look at the newly transformed storefronts. You have landlords that are saying, you know what, we get it. If we just close up our building and we put some plywood up, we know it's going to be graffiti tag. We know that people aren't necessarily going to respect this space and they're opening up their businesses they're opening up their buildings and they're saying you know what let's invite young artists in and let's have these artists go at it and create very visually stunning storefronts visually stunning streetscapes so Art and Storefronts is a pilot project that was started by the mayor as part of his um, local stimulus plan for the city um, in partnership with the mayor's office of economic and workforce development and San Francisco Arts Commission they hired Triple Base, which is Joyce Grimm and I. Um, we curate the space and the mission, and we were hired to curate this project. And what that means is we've been the ones that sort of been handling all the day-to-day -day workings with the artists, helping them secure their locations, working with community partners. So we are doing projects in Central Market, the Tenderloin, the Bayview, and the 24th Street Corridor of the Mission. We tried to look at artists that were really dealing with the location, the history of the neighborhood, um, 
and their ability to translate the types of things that go on on a day-to-day -day basis in this neighborhood. And we had over 200 applicants. It was really overwhelming and it was wonderful to see how many people were excited to participate in this project. These are people that really understand the neighborhood and how the public would respond to these installations. Uh, Lower 24th Street, Baja 24 is a very unique neighborhood. Um, it has always been um, involved in the arts from, from early on um, during the mural movement, you know, uh, starting with Balmy Alley. They've seen a lot of the art and what it's done for the neighborhood, so um, I think when they see this, I think they'll really feel connected to it and um, will actually, you know, um, embrace it. And so I think uh, it'll be a good thing for all of us. If you're walking in the Tenderloin, you'll be able to see Chris Teguieri's piece that is in front of the original Joe's, which is an old restaurant that's got a lot of history here in San Francisco. There's a lot of really exciting projects also on Market Street. There's two gorgeous murals, as well as six different installations throughout the street. Um, Paul Hayes is making uh, huge paper figures um, that you'll be able to see with these beautiful lights sort of illuminating from below. It's copy paper that I'm working in, so there is a definite level of appropriateness to the stuff that I'm using and what it was used for before. And a lot of big businesses sort of died in 2009. They left these vacant holes that are not very interesting to look at. I'm trying to influence the maximum amount of space possible with the simplest resource. And I think that that is a huge theme that's kind of surging right now. Everybody is doing what they can with what they have. So sometimes that introduces a lot of fun and interesting. There's nothing that inspires quite like lack of funds. <laughs> the project benefits both the property owner, the neighborhood, and the artists, all of whom have been affected by the economic downturn. All the work has been commissioned. It's brand new work, not work that's been plopped into a space. We really chose artists that have a diverse array of media, um, kind of from film video to sculpture to painting. Um, and the, the subject matter is really broad as well. When people walk around each neighborhood, I think they're going to be able to see works that deal with the history of the neighborhood. They're going to see works that deal with technology and movement. They're going to be able to see um, works that celebrate the location, um, ethnic diversity. They're going to be able to see works that talk about gentrification. They're going to be able to see works that deal with new um, New projects are under works like the San Francisco Film Museum, which is a small organization that's starting and this is their first presentation to the public. Well, this opportunity has introduced us to different artists, different arts organizations. Has, uh, it's building our portfolio for the work that we're trying to do. Our project centers on a film that was shot in 1906 called A Trip Down Market Street. Shortly after this, within a year of when this film was shot, the earthquake destroyed the majority of the Market Street area, and that's why we wanted to focus on this piece. The museum's not only dedicated to film, but to San Francisco history as well. Having the support of the mayor's office and the art commission and Triple Base, and, and having the support network now and building from this to what we do next, um, it just enhances our mission and what we're trying to do, and it's going to project us forward. I hope we continue it because there's storefronts all over the city that need art and we've been approached by many of them and it's just about you know getting the resources together and making it happen. Triple Base Gallery is working with the San Francisco Arts Commission and building a toolkit and the toolkit is going to be an open source 
um, body of information that people can um, they can visit the Arts Commission website and download the different types of things that we had to do, so the contracts with the artists or uh, negotiations with the property owners, um, the ins and outs of maybe the artist selection. Um, this way, people can take it in their own hands, property owners can take it in their own hands to put art in storefronts. In addition to the Tenderloin and Central Market projects, be sure to check out the installations on 3rd Street in Bayview. To learn more about Art and Storefronts and to download a map of the installations, visit sfartscommission.org. Also, don't miss out on the fun and save the date now for the Lower Mission launch party on November 20th. San Francisco artist Christina Seeley and her design collective Civil Twilight made headlines with their design for a streetlight that adjusts to the brightness of the moon. The night sky became the subject of her latest series of photographic portraits of urban environments. Christina traveled around the world to create Lux, which presents an insightful view of both the beauty of our illuminated world and the problems surrounding our overconsumption of resources. She was recently commissioned by the San Francisco Arts Commission Gallery to create a series of large banners for City Hall based on her Lux photographs. I recently had the opportunity to speak with Christina about this project. About four years ago, I became um, really obsessed with the NASA map of the world at night. Both how beautiful this light was and what the light references in terms of us and our relationship to the planet. These regions are the wealthiest, the most powerful, and create a, um, the most CO2 and, and use the most resources. So that light really equals impact on the planet. It, it, it's almost impossible now on the planet to go anywhere and, and have it be really and completely dark. Um, there are very few locations you can, can find. And, and so that means our relationship to the sky has evolved in this incredibly strange way where, where we dominate the sky, really. Our relationship is to ourselves. We, we can't see anything. We're like blinding ourselves in a way. You look at the images and they're both beautiful and they're, they're too bright. They're a little too bright. So I, I definitely want um, viewers to think about, about what does that mean in, in terms of themselves as well. When I started four years ago, I guess the canvas of conversation about environmental issues was, was very different. It was a different administration and light pollution was definitely not being talked about in the way it is now. So since then, it's been, there's been this kind of amazing just growth. So I anticipate uh, the impact for the project and the public um, for Lux in City Hall to be um, something that opens a dialogue to public interest in, in these ideas and so the work is really uh, made to be seen in this environment and it's been shown in museums and galleries but never in such a public setting and, and it's, it's kind of ideal for both um, myself and the work you know, to, to have this real dialogue with, um, with the public not only of San Francisco but people come from all over the world.
since the dawn of electricity, um, that light's been something that people really connect to and kind of feel like inspired by. Personally, I think there, there are spaces and places to keep that alive. Just finding balance, I think it's really the, the key is to find some balance. Next time on Culture Wire, we'll have all your holiday shopping answers. And we'll also check out an arts festival that celebrates innovation and experimentation in traditional art forms. You can send us your arts events listings or tell us what you'd like to see on future shows by emailing us at culturewire at sfgov.org. Thank you for watching Culture Wire on SFGTV.